Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. What is the importance of belonging? And why do we all need to belong somewhere? It is built into our human nature. Learn how the powerful philosophy of Ubuntu helps to deliver a simple roadmap to building positive teams and relationships, improving engagement and performance. Get your copy of Belonging and Healing, Creating Awesomeness for Yourself and Others by Dr. Dave Cornelius on Amazon.com. Hey, welcome to the Now Show with Dr. Dave podcast. I am Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. As we continue with the Resiliently You podcast series, my guest today is Lisa Jones. Lisa is a multi-award winning, science-driven, fact-based therapist, coach, and passionate trainer who believes that, it, that prevention is better than intervention. Lisa works in both the corporate and education sector, teaching others the importance of brain health, resilience, stress management, and emotional well-being as well as running a business, private practice, a busy, I would say, private practice. So, Lisa, welcome to the Now Show with Dr. Dave uh, podcast. So um, do us a favor and uh, provide us with an elevator pitch about your journey as a mental health consultant, psychotherapist, coach, and trainer. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. And um, and when I was thinking, um, I had to try and keep this brief. I'm, I'm terrible for kind of going off on tangents. So uh, basically, my journey really kind of growing up, I was always interested in people, you know, and I found I was always that person that people came to advice or would be want them to be the voice for them if they felt they were unable to speak up about things. So I've always had kind of quite a sense of justice, um, you know, wanting to help people. Now, my first love was actually performing arts but unfortunately um I became quite unwell in my teens and kind of struggled with various chronic illnesses um so knowing that I wasn't able to pursue my musical theatre dreams I decided to do my degree in counselling and psychotherapy so that's kind of where it all started and over the years I was able to fully recover from my health issues um just before I was 30 um a little while ago um and that kind of happened really after a lot of work a lot of invest investing in you know various um therapies really um and really understanding the brain mind body connection so that was the kind of the key moment for me where I thought this there's something here and I really want to help other people with this so kind of got the passion really even more so you know and wanting to help people understand um how we can manage stress how we can build resilience and do all of those things so over the years I trained in various other modalities including coaching NLP which is neurolinguistic programming for people who aren't aware um, and applied neuroscience my passion is the brain that's why I talk a lot about brain health and kind of as time went on I was working in my private practice and that was getting busier but I wanted to help more people so that's why I set up Headstrong Training as a vehicle to be able to do that um, and as you said in the intro, I'm really passionate about teaching prevention over intervention. Um, so that's kind of my journey, really. And now I work with senior leaders in both businesses and schools and um, kind of teach those essential life skills, really, so people feel confident to manage those stresses in life. That's beautiful. And I noticed that in, my, in the introduction, um, we talked about resilience yes. as one of the things that you try to tease out of people or bring out of individuals. So how would you define resilience? So for me, in fact, I've kind of I've kind of taken this quote, really, there's there's a lady called Dr. Carol Pemberton, who's done amazing research in resilience and um, and kind of really it encompasses it's, 
the capacity to remain flexible in our thoughts, feelings and behaviours, um, really so that we're able to kind of emerge stronger and hopefully more wiser or, or wiser, I should say, you know, from difficulty, challenge and adversity. So it's having that flexibility overall, I think. Man, that's so succinct, you know, right to the point, right? So let's talk about why is resilience an important skill to cultivate in a world that is filled with volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, and which we call VUCA. Why is that so important? So that's such a good question. Um, I suppose from my perspective, without resilience, we're really susceptible to chronic stress um, and the health implications that come with that. So whether that's neurologically, mentally, emotionally, physically, or even spiritually, um, when we don't have the, the resilience within us really that whether we've learned it or not you know that can have some really quite negative consequences for the rest of our life you know and it's by learning and developing that resilience that we're able to face challenges and come through them and you know the reality is that you know life is hard <laughs> at times it's not always easy you know and the, the world can be really tough it can be brutal um, and there are so many things outside of our control that really the more resilient we are and the more able we are, you know, the more likely we're going to be able to thrive and to grow and to adapt and to keep on evolving in the best way that we can. So I'm just going to shift the spotlight to you. Mm -hmm. and ask what makes you resilient? <laughs> um, gosh, um, what makes me resilient? I think, honestly, it's my overall outlook on life. Um, you know, so whilst I know, you know, as, as an individual person, as a therapist, as a trainer, etc., you know, it's not possible to be positive all the time. And I think we need to find that balance between, you know, having a positive mindset and a positive outlook, but not falling into what we call toxic positivity, you know, where, where is that? Um, oh, we'll just think positive and just be grateful and, you know, always look on the bright side. And that's very helpful. But it's not possible to do that all the time. And we do need to acknowledge the, the hardship. We need to acknowledge the challenge. We need to acknowledge the feelings that we're having um, to be able to move through difficult situations. So, I mean, I suppose as well, I have a core belief, really, that everything will work out and everything will work out as it should. So it's... Um, you know, thinking that just by the fact that I'm sat here, there isn't anything that I haven't been able to overcome. And has it always been easy? No, it absolutely hasn't. But, you know, have found ways to overcome things by being more resilient. So for me, I think what makes me resilient is maintaining a hopeful outlook, always being grateful, always, you know, no matter how difficult life is, there is always something that I can be thankful for. Um, and being adaptable, logical and rational, you know, as well as really importantly, knowing when to ask for help you know, knowing um, when to take a step back, when to take a break. Um, I think they're the things that make me, you know, and I've had to learn that. That's not, I'm not saying that's easy. You know, I have learned that throughout my life. Um, but I think that's what makes me resilient. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that you, you know, you kind of made a comment about, you know, toxic happiness or, to you know, I've never heard that before. That's very interesting. Uh, what was the term that you used, toxic Toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, good. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. You know, that, that's such a good thing. So when we talk about poor resilience, what when we, you know, how does poor resilience limit a person's sense of belonging? Because that's, it's such an important thing in the world that we live in today, where we're all just trying to be heard, be seen, mm. be valued. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, it's a, I mean, it's a tough question. It's a great question. <laughs> you know, it's a tough one. Um, and I think because, as, as you know, as you've just touched on, you know, as humans, we are designed to be socially connected. 
you know, next to sleep, actually social connection is the most important aspect of brain health and well-being and resilience. And as you've just said, you know, we all as humans, we all have a need to be accepted, to be seen, to be heard and valued and to fit in. We all want to be part of a community. So if someone's lacking in resilience, it can be very easy to feel victimized. Um, or to fall into the blame culture, you know, effectively isolating ourselves, you know, we can get very insular, um, which can be really damaging. And I suppose another key component of resilience is having that secure attachment. So which is slightly different to the social connection, but you know, whether that's one person or whether it's the whole community, but having those secure attachments, um, you know, and not having that, not having the community, not having social connection actually lowers our resiliency. That's, that, that's, that could be understood. So I know you work with organizations and schools. So, you yes. know, think about some tangible benefits gained by organizations. You know, if their employees have a sense of belonging, what is that mm-hmm. like? Mm, crikey. I mean, it makes such a difference in the workplace. You know, people talk about toxic cultures at work, you know, toxic workplaces, et cetera. But when people, <clears throat> excuse me, have that sense of a belong- belonging, Um, it has huge benefits, you know, not for the individual, but for the teams, the wider organisation, because when people feel like they are part of something, you know, they are part of that team, they're part of that culture, um, and they feel valued, it's ultimately only going to have a positive effect because it increases um, feelings of loyalty, increases employee engagement, as well as productivity, innovation, creativity, all of these amazing things. Um, Because really, when people have that sense of belonging, it allows for more trust, you know, when there's trust there, you know, more ideas can be shared, more things can be achieved, really. Yeah, most certainly, you know, that has been my experience. So when you, when you, if you could share an experience that you had when belonging increased your persons or group resiliency, because as you said, this is a core need that we have Mm -hmm. as a human being. And so what have you seen out there? Um, so I suppose I can think of a couple, if it's okay to share a couple of examples, kind of from private practice and from the organisational um, work that I do. Um, so thinking about my private practice, um, of course, you know, one of the key components of that is that therapeutic relationship. Um, so that that's a that's a key factor in helping people build their resilience. And so just thinking, for example, with one particular client I worked with, you know, where we built up that relationship. Obviously, they're working um, on themselves, building their resilience. And of course, that empowers them to then make different decisions um, and also to build their sense of self-worth. Um, and when people have that feeling, of course, that's going to impact their working environment. You know, it's going to help them feel more confident at work. Um, and the, the other example I was thinking of um, was working in a group of people in a business, you know, I was kind of going into deliver training and run focus groups and things. And there was some real discord amongst the team. Um, and nine times out of 10, when I see this is because of a, a miscommunication, a misunderstanding. Um, you know, people just perhaps aren't on the same page. But by delivering the training and support to them and giving them a space, you know, a safe space to communicate, you know, where they all felt able to have a voice and be heard, you know, they had that ability to be able to share how they were feeling. What that did was create an environment where they were able to resolve any underlying issues. And of course, that then developed their connection amongst them as a team and their trust, meaning that they grew stronger and more resilient as individuals and as a team. And of course, that then has the wider impact across the organisation. Yeah, I was I just picked up on a key word that, you know, you kind of mentioned is like almost psychological safety. Mm-hmm. You know, which gives mm-hmm. us the ability to 
feel that it's okay for us to share without worrying about someone jumping down our throats or on absolutely. our necks, either which way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's such an important aspect, you know, especially when it comes to resilience in the workplace. And I think a lot of organizations now are really understanding that and they're taking psychological safety much more seriously. So I think people are starting to finally realize, oh, actually, when that's in place, it creates a much healthier and happier working environment. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and not to mention the amount of innovation opportunities that we may miss out when someone is quietly sitting in a corner and they take off and go do it on their own, right? Because mm-hmm. they did not feel encouraged in their current workspace. Yeah, absolutely. So what words of encouragement would you like to gift the listeners with today as we bring our uh, conversation to a close? Um. I think really it's to remind people that they can do hard things. You know, as humans, we can do hard things. We can learn resilience. We can develop resilience. Um, You know, and like I said earlier, the fact that I'm sat here, I know there's nothing I haven't overcome. And that's true for everyone. You know, we, we can overcome things, even though in the midst of it, it might feel impossible. There is a way forward. Um, you know, and it's not always easy and that's okay. You know, life isn't meant to always be easy. We wouldn't develop resilience if everything was easy. That's how we learn, you know, through challenge. Um, and I suppose just to remind people that we're all only human, which means, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us have it all together, you know, and all of us need help sometimes, you know, that, and that's absolutely okay. And we're a constant work in progress. Um, I think one of my favourite sayings is that um, all any of us can do is the best we can with the resources we have available at that time. So just to remind people that, you know, it's there are maintain that hopeful outlook. You know, if things are difficult, there is a way through it and things do work out. So if we had to think about the difference, the opposite of toxic, you know, um, happiness, I don't know why I can't why the word is evading me. But, um, you know, toxic toxic positivity. (laughs) What's the flip side of that? Oh, crikey, that's a good question. Um, I I suppose you mean as in what would be the the more? Well, you have toxic positivity. What what would be a positive word to replace toxic with? Realistic, (laughs) realistic positivity. (laughs) Well, and that's okay, right? It's okay yeah. to have that, that yeah, context, absolutely. realistic positivity as yes. opposed to toxic positivity. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So, so I know recently, as, as you live in UK, yes, um, you had, you, you could see, as we were looking at on television from the United States, mm-hmm. we're looking at so many people who are sensing, uh, you know, a level of belonging, mm-hmm. you know, it was really mm-hmm. remarkable to see, you know, walk us through that journey, you know, because to me, that's a unique experience because most of us, most of my listeners may live in the United States and elsewhere, but, you know, the fact that you were there having that experience with the, the passing of your mm-hmm. monarchy or queen mm-hmm. yeah, after 70 plus years, you know, mm-hmm. I see so many sense of belonging that was happening, mm-hmm. you know, give us some like firsthand context about that. Gosh, it's, it's been a, 
a really interesting, uh, a really interesting time. Um, and for many, many reasons, you know, for I think for all of us here in the UK, whether they are royalist or not, whether they agree with the monarchy or they don't, um, however they feel about it, the fact is that the Queen, for us, has been that stable, constant presence for the pretty much everyone I know, apart from my granny, who's 100, um, for, throughout <laughs> our entire lifetimes. You know, so it's even she's just she has been there and she has been, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, an, a leader. You know, she has um, she has served whether she wanted to or not. You know, she can't help the fact she was born into that role. You know, she has done what she promised that she would do. She has literally dedicated her entire life to her job effectively. Um, and you know, when when she passed, I think the nation, as a, and I'm generalising here, because of course this isn't every single person, of course it's not, but felt that, you know, really felt that loss because she was no longer there and it's all we've ever known. And of course, naturally, when somebody dies, it brings up our own memories, it brings up our own thoughts and feelings of our own personal experiences. So whether that's losing a parent or another a loved one, um, you know, we can't help but then think about our own experiences which of course can be really difficult for people you know I think people have the majority of people I've spoken to have all said myself included to be honest that we felt far more emotional than we expected to when it happened um, and I think people have this kind of shared experience of oh okay this is actually really quite difficult it's bringing up a lot of emotions like I say for lots of different reasons and I think something that if it's okay to say, I, I think something that the Brits do very well is that kind of real camaraderie, you know, and people, you know, will pull together and, you know, and crikey, seeing some of the images, as I'm sure you have probably seen, of the queues of thousands, tens of thousands of people wanting to go and pay their respects and not necessarily because she was the queen or it's the monarchy, but just respects to this woman who's dedicated her life to her service, you know, and I think we all are all so acutely aware that, you know, take all of that away. She was a great grandmother. She was a grandmother, yeah. a mother. You know, she has a family. And whilst the majority of us have no concept of what that's like to be a part of that family, and I say whether we agree with it or not, you know, on a human level, she was a woman who had a family um, and has faced many, many challenges. So I think it's been a it's been an interesting time and of course managing because everyone's entitled to their opinion and everyone has their own views of course they do based on their own experience um you know and there, there's been a lot of um I'm going to use the word hate but um which is a very strong word to use but yeah. understandably so you know and I find it fascinating in my role because of course my job as a therapist is to be impartial is to not pass judgment you know, is to, is to simply meet people where they are and hear what they have to say. So it's been really interesting from my perspective, hearing people's opinions on it, hearing people's views and their experiences and kind of being able to try and understand that. And I believe that by doing that, that's how also how we learn. That's how we evolve. That's how we, you know, um, again, become more resilient because we're it's a different experience. You know, thank you for sharing that context uh, with me and the, and the listeners. So, Lisa, you know, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you for your generosity today. Thank you for for sharing 
you know, your insights and knowledge and your experiences with me and also with the audience. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in closing, I want to say thank you for listening to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. I invite you to come back for more insights and per perspectives that may help you with discovering resiliently you. So if you want to connect with Lisa, connect with Lisa Jones at hello at headstrongtraining.co.uk. And that's hello at headstrongtraining.co.uk. Not sure with Dr. Dave podcast is streamed on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Google, and many other um, streaming platforms as well. I want to say thank you to Kiana Brow Hendrickson for dropping in music for this podcast. This podcast is copywritten 2022 by Dr. Dave Cornelius and Nalshare.org. Again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode of Resiliently You as we continue to share our stories and experiences. I said, be well, and we will speak soon. What is the importance of belonging? And why do we all need to belong somewhere? It is built into our human nature. Learn how the powerful philosophy of Ubuntu helps to deliver a simple roadmap to building positive teams and relationships, improving engagement and performance. Get your copy of Belonging and Healing, Creating Awesomeness for Yourself and Others by Dr. Dave Cornelius on Amazon.com. Let's talk about it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.